This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Leafy's podcast. I'm Jackie. And I'm Danielle. And we're just two best friends and ex-blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week we are talking about one of my favorite movies from 2001, the comedy Bridget Jones's Diary. And I know that it's about to get slaughtered, but I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I'm really excited that Gwen is here to help us. I, <laughs> Welcome, Gwen. Hey, thanks. I was going to re- start reading out loud the intro while you were reading it out loud. But I was like, Gwen, don't be obnoxious. Stop it. Don't be obnoxious. Don't do it. Don't, don't do be it. impulsive. Don't, don't do be it. impulsive. Don't be like Bridget. Don't be an impulsive talker. <laughs> Speaking of ADHDers, anyway. <laughs> but before we dive in, let's get into some housekeeping. housekeeping. That oh, wasn't so my... well. Is it? Because I heard my. Okay, sure. I think we did really well. Do it again. I'll join you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ready? Everyone. But before we dive in, let's get into some. if you love the podcast and you want to support us here are a few ways that you can did you know writing a review and or rating us helps us get more listeners if you want to be featured and help us grow head to apple spotify pod chasers good pods or your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a review and there's a review oh, for us. We have a review this week. <laughs> oh, it's a really good one. Oh, I'm so excited. It's from our delicious Kai Bobby. Love you, Kai. Love Kai Bobby. <laughs> they titled this I'm Here For It, gave us five stars. I can't with y'all on this hot chick episode. Haha. <laughs> but I will, anyways, because you're frigging great. It is truly a painfully memorable movie, and you both honored all of its bonkersness <laughs> and problematicness brilliantly. Y'all are always so present with each other and take such great care of your guests. Aww. Please don't ever stop, even when Blockbuster is even more irrelevant, emoticon with the tongue sticking out. I appreciate how much you put into the show. Thanks for the laughs. Aww, and then, that's yay! Funny. And there's like some weird characters. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did not translate into it. I think it didn't translate. It was a, a failed emoji. That's such a sweet, that's a, such a sweet review. Hi, Bobby Hi. is from the Rotten Treasure podcast. Go take a listen to them. And, and Jim, so his co host, who's, yes. they're both hilarious and they are improv buddies. And they just, we, we definitely had a great time being on the show. Can't wait. They are going to get us national treasure too at some point in life. So that's oh, all. One I day. can't wait. One but day either. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be notified of our new episodes, you've got to make sure you subscribe 
so that you can keep up with us. And if you want exclusive content, stickers, lives, and access to our Burned Ots playlist, head over to patreon.com slash no more late fees and become a Patreon bestie. And we're going to dive in to Bridget Jones's Diary and give a little synopsis if you've never heard of this movie for some reason. At the start of the new year, 32-year-old Bridget, played by Renee Zellweger, decides it's time to take control of her life and start keeping a diary. Now, the most provocative, erotic, and hysterical book on her bedside table is the one she's writing with the taste for adventure and an opinion on every subject from exercise to men to food to sex and everything in between. She's turning the page on a whole new life. The movie stars Renee Zellweger, Colin Firth, Hugh Grant, Jim Broadbent, and Gemma Jones. And it was directed by Sharon McGuire, written by Richard Curtis, Andrew Davies, and Helen Fielding, who wrote the book the movie is based on. You can watch it on Prime, Apple, YouTube, and Google for rent for $3.99. But before we get started, let's get into our ratings rewind. <laughs> So you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of, would, bu would buy it, would buy it again. The best would plan repeat. Five-day rental. Would watch again. Two-day rental. Eh, okay, but nothing to write home about. Same-day rental. Just absolute rubbish. <laughs> Excellent job. Thank you. <laughs> and when? Yeah. yeah. What is your Y2K rating of this movie? So I was thinking about it because my mom really liked that there was like, especially there was like a moment in the movie my mom loved very much and was dying laughing about. So she really liked it. So I think I watched it after she did because she liked it so much. I think my Y2K self would value it a little higher because my mom really, really liked it. So I think then I thought it was a five-day rental. Yeah, then in Y2K, Y2K times. Um, Danielle? I love this movie. It is my comfort movie. And it's a would buy it because I own it. I don't think there's many movies where I memorize the lines. Jackie witnesses today she purposely watched it separate from me because she knew she would annoy me with all her quoting yep <laughs> <laughs> you would have been annoyed watching it with me and ron last night <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time so for me same one i i think my mom because she read the book and she was like old enough to like experience life kind of like Bridget where it was like concerned about weight and yeah all the things so I think I I watched it once with her and obviously it did not resonate with me because I remembered shockingly little about this movie so I'm going to give it yeah I was surprised at how little I remembered too I was like I guess we were like a little young yeah. I, I read the books, both books. I've seen every one of these movies. I own all the soundtracks for all three movies. Nice. I bet the soundtracks are dope. The soundtracks are very good. Yeah. I watch these. 
So there's a few movies that I don't watch because I know we're going to watch on the podcast, but this is the, the one that I don't include. I have to watch it. So, and you know, I don't think I realized how much I watched this movie until I started to watch it again. And I was like, oh, I really do like this movie. Now, that's not to say I don't recognize how fucking toxic this entire (laughs) series is. Like, I think a lot of our Y2K movies are very toxic, but when we start getting into the casting and how they talk about this character, even in the books, the book is like, Works pretty wild too, it, yeah. It's crazy. And how they talk about Renee Zellweger, just like how much weight she had to gain to be the role in this role and how she looks absolutely fucking normal. Yeah. And not yeah. fat as they would yeah. describe her in the press and all this other shit. So much so that she did it for this movie and that the next movie where she gained weight. But for the last movie, she's like, I'm fucking over 40. I'm not doing this shit again. Um, mm-hmm. So she, you know, they had to write that in. But the weight, the smoking, the self-deprecating. The smoking. Uh, th- there's a lot. But also. There's a lot. <laughs> also, there's Colin Firth. I just love it. Yeah, I do too. I do love Colin Firth. And I think, yeah, I think like she was considered, she was one of the more relatable characters we got to see during that era, I think. And that's saying something. The 90s did it so dirty. Yeah. They did us so wrong (laughs) so often, at least in comparison to now. And it's it's interesting. I, I didn't really think about, like, I was blown away by, like, oh man, I didn't really. Latch. I don't remember latching on to this. I was like, that's kind of a, a problem. Like then at all, like didn't even think twice about any of it. Really. So well, because we were in the whole like we were moms doing Weight Watchers, eating snack wells, like very toxic diet culture. Yeah. Um, so I like it was so normalized back in the '90s that you didn't see hmm. anything wrong with it, and at that time you probably were like, "Oh yeah, she is a little chubby." Instead of like, "Man, I'd kill to have her body." As yeah. Her, Are you kidding me? That bunny outfit looks I so know. good on her. Yeah. I love it. I just anyway. recognize when she pulls up the like shapewear panties. I was like, "Bitch, what belly though?" Yeah. You know, like, what are you hiding? Also, I forgot to say, I wore my biggest pair of underwear for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Full commitment. I was like, I'm putting on my big girl panties for this one. (laughs) Full fucking coverage. For those of you only listening and not watching, I gave middle fingers to nobody. (laughs) Uh, To the diet industry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was one of the reasons I wanted to do this movie is because I'm so anti-diet. I'm so anti-diet culture. And so like, you know, so I was like, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. And also, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. So So this movie had a budget of $25 million and made $282 million. Quite honestly, I think... So they never expected to make this movie like a big budget movie or anything. This was supposed to be an indie. 
And you know that's from the perspective of these idiots thinking that female-driven movies or rom-coms will, you know, they're not going to do big. And I don't know why they thought that because the book was such a success itself. Mm -hmm. It was just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But yeah, do you know what made it turn from an indie to like a more studio film? It was the moment the men signed on. Once Hugh uh, Grant and Colin Firth signed on for the movie, that's when they started to put a little bit more behind it. But even still, they did not see $282 million worldwide coming. It actually started off a little slow, but it picked up momentum. And it's out of the three movies, it's the only one that made more money in the U S than in the UK, but the character is pretty damn popular in, in England. And when it came down to like figure out the casting, there was a, I even remember at the time there was just so much chatter. And when they picked Renee, they were, a lot of people were actually mad. They were really Mm -hmm. pissed. And so there was a lot of pressure on her to like get this character, right? Were they mad because she was American or yeah. like why? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was. She was. It American. was kind of. It was and still is very unorthodox, especially now. Super. We yeah. don't have Americans playing Brits anymore. Really, hardly yeah. ever. Yeah. Peter uh, Dinklage is like the exception. Only one allowed. So yeah, they did a two-year search and they finally cast her in May of 2000, and the producer said. He saw in Renee a gift few people have that she is able to straddle comedy and emotion, and she brings enormous character and conviction to the part. I really do think that she owns this part. Yep. You know, I agree. You see her in so many films, but like, I don't see any of her other characters when she plays this movie. She is just such a great actress. I don't think she she gets enough recognition for that. Yeah. She, she really, she, that's a really act, accurate description of her. She is able to do both. Yeah. She's able to strat, like to toe the line. She's, she was again, like a, a really relatable, like this was the most related, as relatable it gets in terms of the writing, but like she, she, yeah, she does it. She does it the way it was supposed to be done. I think. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. She worked with Barbara Berkeley, who helped Gwyneth Paltrow for Shakespeare in Love with her accent. Like I said, there was a lot of pressure and she actually retained her accent on set even while shooting, even while like they weren't shooting. So Hugh Grant said that he didn't hear her speak with her American accent until they, the rap party after they finished the movie. And he was like... He, when he heard her speak in a very strange voice that he soon found out was her own natural tone. <laughs> That's amazing. I would have done the same thing under that much pressure. Yeah. Totally. I would have been like, this is, what, this is who we are now. <laughs> All this money behind me. <laughs> what I also love about, about it is that she's always down to play this role. Like, even they just did the third movie and like, I think she said she'd be up to do more. And I'm like, I will take whatever you guys want to give me because I am the toxicity that feeds off of this. I am fine with it, but I'm also concerned that they'll ruin it. If they continue to do more, like what else can Bridget do? She, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, what, yeah, what's left? She gained 20 pounds for the part, and she actually worked at a producer's. The producers asked her to go work at a publisher company called Picador as a trainee in the publicity department, and nobody knew that she was an actress and that she was just doing this to kind of get a feel for working in publishing, so. Which is so... That's weird to me because, like, it's not like she got to say anything smart about publishing the entire movie. No. <laughs> like, when did she even do even a little bit of her job other than sit at a desk and write email? Like, email. There was hardly anything having to do with actual publishing that she got to do. We didn't get to see her do her job very often. I mean, maybe yeah. there were moments, but I'm like, that seems like a waste of energy to me, but okay. Honestly... <laughs> Bridget is not the brightest. That is probably one no, of the things I, I hate that, that drives me crazy. Yeah. Okay. And because I, I think I she have... is smart. Like we just didn't get to see her be smart until yeah. like the end. Yeah. You know? I have a question for you because you watched it yes. with Ron, and yes. he is an ADHD coach. What mm-hmm. were his <laughs> thoughts on both Mr. Darcy and We both immediately went Colin Firth's character is is totally on the autism spectrum. Yes. Totally. <laughs> and she's she has ADHD or maybe has ADHD. ADHD is people who are, are autistic and have ADHD, but she definitely is an, they're definitely both neurodiverse characters. Yes, and, and like and, at least... and I love that. <laughs> but there's representation in this movie that Yes. Like... And it's like I wish they would you now now the difference is like let's you know, like that's what I think a lot of people may have related to, I don't know, but yeah. like the best scenes were them talking together in their own weird like way. And everyone around or everyone around them was so neurotypical. And I was like, this is, she gets, she has all this, all the symptoms of like getting, <laughs> like getting overwhelmed in public, like word vomit, sort of like <laughs> impulsiveness, impulsivity, um, and, you and know, emotional dysregulation. No uh, she drinks, she smokes as coping mechanisms, all, all of that. Yes. All of it. And then like that, yeah. And then like Colin Firth is like a really adorable. Yeah, he just like has no filter. Says says things like very serious. Yeah, just very blunt about things, but like not in a harmful way. Just like no, these are facts. And then like when he (laughs) says, "I like you just as you are," I'm like, that is such a a neurodivergent way of saying like. Yeah, and he had a hard time getting there and saying that, too. And that's so, like, yeah, for him to be vulnerable took a lot. (laughs) It took a lot of time for them to actually get to this place where we, like, understood what was happening. So, yeah, that was really interesting. A lot of trauma. I mean, like, the fact that with his whole white thing, I think that probably made it a little bit harder for him to to make that leap, especially since she was involved with Daniel. For sure. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I am going to let Danielle lead this movie since yeah, I have way more experience than I do. <laughs> oh, see, took good notes. Okay, good. Because we'll see how I do. Because, you know, like, even though you, you watch it all the time, I may stray off course. Like my Lilo and Stip. Stip. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what's happening? Don't you love this movie? <laughs> Haven't you seen it a million times? And like, I still don't know in the order in which things happen. <laughs> this movie starts off New Year's Day. So Bridget, as soon as she's she gets to the, her parents' house, she is greeted by her mother and immediately, immediately 
her mother starts to state all the things that are wrong. I relate. Generational May- trauma. <laughs> I relate. Yeah. I- I always relate as soon as she, she didn't even get a foot in the door and her mother's just like, you pretty much look like crap. What she are you wearing? She said you wandered out of Auschwitz. <laughs> are you kidding Mama me? is, is so racist. Mom, but also something, a mom that, that like now people say, yes. like, there are these boomers. <laughs> she also says, will be saying that. She also says something, another racist thing, and Bridget repeats it, which is that the Japanese are a cruel race, which was just like every I I did catch that one always. Like it that one always makes me cringe because I'm just like Like, and it just makes me mass mad that Bridget repeats it. Yeah. Later on. So Mm -hmm. she tells Bridget there's something for her to like go wear. And there's a whole party at the house. The neighbors, like all of her parents, friends are there. And once, (laughs) and we get a voiceover. So we start to get a feel for Bridget and just like her thought process of things and being fully aware that her mother is a psychopath and um, putting her down every chance she gets. This is very this is where the parallels begin with pride and prejudice and bridget uh mainly because in pride and prejudice the mother is just like never ending like she doesn't shut the fuck up she has you talk about word vomit it like it's ridiculous and you can also see the closeness between bridget and her dad as much as elizabeth and her dad in Pride and Prejudice, which they have like this very quiet relationship and they're very sweet with each other. And I I like adore it, but he's also a pushover. He's just like, whatever, whatever the mom wants at this point. And her mom pretty much introduces her. Well, she says that the Darcy's son is there and he's a barrister. And she explains that he just got divorced and that's where she makes the little, you know, racist comment so Bridget's like please do not hook try to hook me up again and that's when she sees Mr. Darcy's tush I don't know what she was looking at because I didn't see much but I still love him still love him <laughs> still love him and then no he- matter the size of the tush <laughs> and his little reindeer jumper right so I he- loved the reindeers well so- I thought it was cute it's a moose. It's not a reindeer. And oh, it, it's, it's a moose? moose? Yes. <laughs> That's even it's better. <laughs> yeah, they were trying for a long time. They, like, put out a call for a bunch of people to, to try to find the perfect jumper sweater. And they set it on the moose. And so you see this, like, tall drink of water. And then he turns around and he's wearing this, this sweater. And it's just, like, fucking hilarious. And plus... You know, Colin Firth just does an amazing job, deadpan, sarcasm, and just, like, not giving a shit. Mm -hmm. So she's like, well, maybe my mom got it right. But then later on, you see Mr. Darcy talking with his mom, and he's, like, word vomit again, just very brutally honest, talking about Bridget, which hurts her feelings. I think they make an introduction first before he gets to that part. 
And of course, Bridget says something inappropriate and ridiculous. And mm-hmm. tell he's like totally judging her. She says that like, you remember you were running around his front yard in no clothes when they were little. Right. Bridget Which they bring up a lot and they bring it up and then they take it to the next level at the end of the movie. We'll talk we'll get there. But yeah. <laughs> They take it to a place they did not need to take it. And it gets even worse because I found out there's different version endings and we could have gotten something different instead of that. I really love that he describes her as verbally incontinent. (laughs) That's the other way around, right? Oh, no, incontinent. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, verbally incontinent. (laughs) And she smokes like a chimney drinks like a fish and dresses like her mother who in fact did dress her. Yes. She said she looks like yeah. a carpet and she did. She oh did. Carpet. Yeah. She was right. So much smoking inside. So much smoking indoors. Yes. Very but weird so to watch. Smoking. Like if you moved a picture frame off the wall, there is <laughs> definitely a nicotine outline. Yes. Every single mm-hmm. lap they were in. But Renee was nope. smoking herbal cigarettes in this movie so as a strike president i don't have to get upset with her (laughs) yay okay so yeah as she's getting fucking curry she's got to deal with this man with a moose freaking jumper talking shit about her and you know when she sees it when she hears it she doesn't even like say anything back she just kind of plays it off and walks away which you you know my heart breaks for her because that's embarrassing and not nice yeah yeah and then she goes home and this is where i think most women very much relate to her character because she is singing all by myself in her pajamas (sighs) and it's so good drinking oh, so good wine yeah which it's Gwen, my, one of my favorite parts of the movie is the opening sequence yeah Gwen, yeah, yeah i know you're gonna say because i redid i reenacted yeah. it and let me tell you this is the reason i love it so much is because when i reenacted it i was like this is such a challenge to be drunk and crying and singing in the way like trying to mirror her emotions the way that she was doing them i was like she's so good yeah it's so good like she's it's just, yeah, it's, it's, this is exactly where it's like, it's funny and it's sad and it's the opening credits. It's so, it's, yeah, I, that's, I love that part. And it's super relatable. Like you've, you've, yeah. where you're just like, leave me here to die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where she, she gets to get eaten by wild dogs. Yes. <laughs> so many I times. Love that. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think what happens next was she just says, you know, like she gets a diary. She's, she says she's going to not be this sad person or whatever. Oh, I may be mixing up scenes. Does, is this where she gets the new self-help books or is this after Dan? Is that after Daniel and her? The Does self-help she, books is later. I think when okay. she like, it's after, yeah. She, okay. Yeah, it's after Daniel. But she decides to do her diary where she she's going a diary. to keep, yeah. keep track of, like, her weight, what's going on, how many drinks, how many cigarettes, blase, mm-hmm. blase. The weight stuff is triggering. 
you know. Yeah, trigger warning. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also, they say pounds, which I'm like, you don't weigh, you weigh stones, don't you? I, I, <laughs> but I think so, because I think they just money. were like, well, for the American market. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure if we watched maybe the British, because yeah. there's a different version, so... Um, oh yeah it's for the american market they need to know exactly how much that weight yeah um, <laughs> eye roll giant eye roll <laughs> yeah it is triggering but it's like you know watching that back it's like wow i'm glad i've learned i've come away from that sort of thinking yeah i think a lot of us have so it's kind of good it's a kind of a, like a positive reflection that we're like oh we, we see that this is problematic now at least at least we got that good for us next does she go out to dinner with her friends we meet the friends or does she go to work the, my next note says hugh with an exclamation point so i'm pretty sure it's she goes work. to work <laughs> i'm pretty sure well, no, I, well, I don't know i, I don't know when when she's talking i think it's like little fantasy clips that she's thinking through oh yeah as she's, she's mentioning all these promises that she has a crush on her boss yes yeah so we get the little clip of hugh we get the clip of her drunk singing karaoke with her friends, her friends. yes yes and, and she we're in she explains who her friends are so yes mm -hmm. she Perpetua. has <laughs> Perpetua is her co-worker who's a biatch but she, you know her friends tom shaz and Oh, yeah, Professor was her coworker. That's right. Sorry. Tom Chaz, I don't remember her friends' names at all. I was like, Moaning Myrtle, Moaning Myrtle, Moaning Myrtle. Like, oh, I wrote Jude, BFF, Moaning Myrtle. Okay, so it's yeah. Jude, Shaz, and Tom. Yeah. Tom is was a one-hit wonder pop singer, and he's literally I wanted got... more of that. I know. I too. There's more. I wanted to hear the of... song. Yeah, I'm sure the there's more. Book, which he's hilarious, but he's pretty much getting laid off of. Yeah. It's like his, his royalties, essentially, that he gets to be laid from that one hit wonder. Jude is constantly dating shitty guys and crying in the bathroom all the time at work. I don't know how she hasn't gotten fired yet. But <laughs> much like her character moaning Myrtle, she is a lot that time interesting in the toilet that's, crying. Yeah, and that's what Ron said. He, we, we heard her voice, and we were instantly like, "Is that moaning Myrtle?" And then we saw her in the bathroom crying, and Ron was like, "She's doing the same thing." <laughs> Yes. And Jazz loves to just say fuck a lot, which is really funny because the actress mm -hmm. who plays her is actually like really Christian and she got a lot oh, of black for, for this role. <laughs> then, you know, she talks about Hugh Grant, who is Daniel Cleaver, her boss, who is sexy as hell, and she fantasizes about him. And he, like, I want to say out of all the movies that Hugh Grant has ever been in, I feel like this role is probably like the most, the closest to his personality. Just like. Do you think group. so? I, 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 I think the other the roles. The sexiness are, and suaviness. Just like. I, well, I mean. I just mean like, he just said he doesn't give a fuck kind of thing. You know, mm, he says what he mm -hmm. wants to say. You know, he, he did an interview where he talked about, like, his leading ladies, and there's a few of them that don't want to fucking talk to him anymore. 
like Julia Roberts. Wow. <laughs> oh, well, if Julia doesn't want to talk to him, I don't want to talk to him either. Well, Sandy, Sandra <laughs> Bullock, is fine with him. They got along swimmingly, and he loves Renee Zellweger. They get along well, but they had some hard times. When we get to Notting Hill, I'm sure we'll learn about all of that, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just think his cheekiness. The other ones, he plays this, like, bumbling, fumbling kind of... Yeah, I think you're right. He's not, not really bumbling. Yeah, he seemed... I just feel like he had so much fun playing this role. I think you're right, because I, I do remember they had a shot of him slow-motion walking, and I was like, oh, he knows how hot he is right here. <laughs> And I love that for him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. We know, we, you get it. You know. And he said that Renee's like one of his, it was his, has been his favorite co-star to make out with, to kiss. And he, him and Colin Firth just had so much fun. So. Yeah, you're right. Hugh Grant, like, ranking his co-stars by, like, how well they kiss. Is, that says a lot about him. <laughs> no, no, he, someone No, I'm sure their, their chemistry was nice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm sure he had to pick someone that wasn't pissed at him. Drew Barrymore and him are cool, too, so. Drew Barrymore's cool with everyone because she's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. She's like, I forget everybody. Everything's I okay. Her. I love her so much. Her new show. I've just seen TikToks of her in her new show. And like, anyway. She's just like fan. a ray of light. Yeah. She is. She's everyone's like mom that we. Yeah. Like, I just so didn't have a good mom. Shoot, Drew's your mom. What happens next? Oh, boy. This is too much pressure. I wasn't prepared for this. Oh, sorry. Let me get. Oh, now it's the email scene. <sighs> so I would say Bridget wears very daring outfits to work like there is no professional in her dress attire i don't i wonder if it even would have mattered i I think he was like boss was gonna was gonna start that skirt shit regardless true true well at first because she's always super drunk and i hadn't seen this movie in forever i thought she legit came to work without a skirt on. That's what I thought it was going to be. I was like, oh, this is going to be one of those Bridget. I was like, I don't remember, but I think this might be a Bridget moment where like some, like her skirt like is not actually on. And I was like, oh like no, it's just an actual. panties or something. Yeah, or you know, something, like... but oh no, it was actually her boss is suddenly really inappropriately flirting with her. Cool. Yeah, cool. he was <laughs> quite like, he really, it, there's a lot. It never showed, like, we never got to see how, like, if there was a lead up to this or he just randomly one day. It was all of a sudden. Yeah. Right. It was so, so quick. So she's, we on get the, to it. she's on the phone with Jude, who's crying again, moaning Myrtle is crying. And so she's like on the, her work phone talking personal stuff and she doesn't realize her boss is there. And so she like freaks out, thinks that they're, that she's in trouble or whatever. And it's not, I think until actually she goes to, to dinner with her friends to say like, I'm screwed. And then the next day when she comes into work, she gets an email about her skirt and her boss and he, he had the audacity to do it in written, like, to leave evidence behind. HR. I know. He did not give a shit. No, no HR in England, baby. <laughs> he did not. I don't know. I don't know. 
yeah, it was, oh, I was like, this is really happening right now. This isn't a danger. This is, this is this fast. Okay. <laughs> Look, nobody turns down you though. Nobody. <laughs> Not a single person. And yeah. Bridget is no exception. Cause the next day she shows up in a see-through shirt. Right. Mm-hmm. She it's also a nude is- sheer shirt with a black bra underneath. So she's getting sexually harassed by not one, but two people. And she also has a Karen in her office who is the fucking worst. Oh yeah, um, that's right. The uncle. Yes. Fitz pervert. Fitz pervert. He's constantly looking at her chest and that makes her uncomfortable, but it's totally fine when her cute boss does it. And... So they go back and forth with all these emails that are very inappropriate. And then he catches her in the elevator and puts his hand on her ass. Like, no time. They're not even talking to each other. Mm-mm. But she no gets time. the look that's like a little bit of shock. Then like, ooh. Yeah. I got him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this video, this video movie should be used on the don'ts yeah. at a, in HR. <laughs> Like, this is not what Yeah, this is not cool. Yep. So after the elevator incident, Daniel shoots his shot and he's like, you know, let's go out to dinner. And she's like, "Mm, can't tonight. He's like, what about tomorrow? They have a book launch. She says no. And he's like the night after. So she's playing a little hard to get. She meets up with Jude and she's like, well, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to wear? They go through like the whole thing, which I do love because as women, we do do this whole process. Like there's so much that goes into it. She knows there's potential after this party that she might get laid. So she wears a, you know, she gets a killer black dress. She shaves her legs and she has to make that choice between cute thong or this wonderful support granny panties that are really going to hold everything in. And we I love say, a granny panty. <laughs> we love it. I say everything, but there was really nothing to be had there. But she decides to go with that. My grandma would have died that I wore white granny panties instead of the black to go with my black dress. She yeah, get some black granny panties. Hello. <laughs> so she goes to the party and she's asked prior to the party to introduce tits pervert. I don't understand why the person introducing the other person needs an introduction as well. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. I was like, why does she get picked to go stand up and say something? Why? (laughs) We know how she is. Why does she have this job? (laughs) Top 30 writers of all time. (laughs) I know. It was really funny though. I was very awkward. I felt very uncomfortable. I was like, I usually vote. I usually fast forward through that part. So the fact that I had to watch it this time made me cringe so hard. You fast forward because it's so uncomfortable? Yeah. Yeah. The whole time she's up there, you can hear her inner monologue while she's trying to remember her boss's name because she calls him tits pervert pervert so much. That's what's like whispering in her mind. And she's like, what the fuck is my boss's name? Which I have a story about that and why you should not be like secretly mean about people's names so we had a very Uh lovely co-worker her name was gina i accidentally called her gina once (laughs) so then that became her name like when we were 
when she wasn't in the room. And then once on a meeting, I was like, Gina, what do you think? And I was like, I mean, Gina. And I don't think she thought she thought it was truly just like a mistake. But like people had to turn their cameras off on the Zoom meeting immediately they were just like, ah. <laughs> like oh dear Lord. So lesson to us all call people by the right names and don't make up mean nicknames for them. Yeah, there you go. Or <laughs> Or, or make sure that the, the names don't match so closely that you accidentally yes. say it. Yes. But probably right. what Jackie said is the nicer way to do things in life. Carmel, come back and get you. Right, right. <laughs> so at this party, Bridget is awkward. She's by the alcohol after she d- crashes and burns. I believe at some point she does notice that Mark Darcy is there and um, she introduces him to Perpetra, the Karen in her office. And she fantasizes about whether or not she should be like a dick about him. And she decides to take the nice route only to be welcomed by Mark Darcy saying in a very blunt introduction to his lawyer friend, partner, bitch and introduces her as the girl who used to run around naked in his paddling pool which why why mark why why because he's neurodivergent because neurodivergents say things sometimes that they can't unsay that's the only time he does that though i think they talk about it a lot but i think that's the only time he introduces her that way yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah so She's pretty much just embarrassed after the whole incident on with the introduction. And she goes talking to Daniel. And that's where, like, well, Daniel comes over. She's talking to Mark. And she can see Daniel looking over at them. And Mark is just, like, ready to, you could tell on his face. You could see it if you're watching me behind me. He... Mm-hmm looks like I want to stab a bitch in the face. And so, you know, she's trying to put two and two together. Like, one, do they know each other? How do they know each other? And what is wrong with Mark at this point? And by the time Daniel does come over, she's still trying to figure out. They're, like, having a very tense interaction, but not enough to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. But then she leaves the party with Daniel, and they go to dinner. And you could tell, like, he, it's a difference. Like, Mark Mark kind of judges her, but Daniel doesn't to her, you know, to her face, at least. Like, he's just fun and telling her, I don't give a shit about things. And they're just, she's laughing so fucking hard. And I, I, I yeah. want that in life. I want to laugh as hard as Bridget was laughing. They do laugh a lot together, yeah. those two. Yeah. yeah there is do. like, cause he's fun, right? He's, yeah. fun. he's the fun one. Yeah. I wrote down, he was being so gross, but that kiss is hot. <laughs> they, they I don't know what kiss I was talking about. Was that like, right? When after that, right? He asked her to go back to his place and, and they, you know, That's it. they start to get it on and they have really good chemistry. And she also has really good chemistry with Colin Firth, which is yeah. 
great. You know, if you're going to give a love, get a love triangle, you know, make it interesting for me, you know? Mm -hmm. So I do love this scene because when you're going to get it on with any guy, especially the first time it is a little, it's very awkward. And I think a little bit of laughter can help get you to the tip. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Sure. Yeah. No. Did Danielle, sorry if I missed it. Did you talk about what, how Danielle describes knowing Mark? Oh, so she does he says say, that at the party, right? Yeah. She does say like, what's going on? Like, how do you guys know each other? And she's like, don't worry. I don't fucking like this dude or know this dude very well. So it's no skin off my chest. And I think that's when Daniel makes the decision to like lie, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he tells a story about how he kind of let his guard down and was friends with him and made the, had the, made the wrong choice to introduce him mark to his fiance to daniel's fiance mm-hmm. and you know he slept with his, his fiance not the real story which we find mm-hmm. out later um mm-hmm. which is actually that it was mark darcy's wife and daniel was like one of his best friends and slept with Mark's wife. So now Bridget mm-hmm. believes that not only is Mark Darcy an A, like just a jerk <laughs> for saying whatever he wants to say and he's mean, he's also a philanderer. And so she's got mm-hmm. a bad taste in her mouth for him. So they get down to business in granny panties and all. And Bridget, you could see her in the afterglow. She's living her best life and you just see them kind of like a montage of them kind of being together and sleeping together and blah, blah, blah. But then you find out. Oh, but wait, but wait, the answering the phone, the answering the phone call. Why? She answers ever. Who is calling? That that would be a good response. (laughs) She answers the phone Bridget Jones, sultry sex goddess, with, has a thick a man between her thighs currently, something like that. And she's like, "Oh, mom, yeah, of course it's your mom. Who else are you talk like? Maybe, maybe she thought it was one of her friends." Yeah, Bridget does not really think it. Was not it. thinking it through, and this is another ADHD moment brought to you by Renee Zellweger. <laughs> but next time, Gwen calls me. <laughs> I'm, I swear to God, <laughs> I was like, Ron and I were like, "What the?" Okay, I'm gonna answer the phone one day when Ron calls you with just that. I will. (laughs) And he will remember what that's from. (laughs) Funny. In this scene, like I believe Bridget asks, oh, she asks what they should do at work. Like, do you think people will notice? And he's Daniel's like, notice what? She's like, oh, that we're sleeping together, and you know, she I, I, already she's 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 already envisioned them married together, so she's wanting it's the it king to be of more. deflection. Yeah, but to his, I don't want to take his side, but it has been two days. Yeah. He literally yeah. says, we "He's just right about that." Yeah, hooked up Tuesday. Today's Thursday. Yeah. Bridget. He, he is pretty straightforward about being like, slow down. Yeah. And that's fair. That's really fair. So 
they're having a good time pretty much. And then she finds out that her parents, not her parents, one of who she calls like an aunt, I guess her mom's best friend is having a, what is it? Something in Vickers party. Oh, uh, Tarts and Vickers. Tarts and Vickers party, which in America would be a pimps and hoe party. I don't know why. But isn't Vicker a priest? Yes. Yes. But in America, we would not have a priest and hoe. We would do a pimp and hoe, I think. That's true. You are 100%. Nobody wants to dress as a priest, though. Yeah. (laughs) I I guess in Britain. When in Britain. When in Britain. So... I don't know why Bridget is going to this because it's old people dressed as hoes and priests, but okay. I was like, why why is everyone so surprised about her costume if it was the original plan? You know what I mean? They're just being, I just felt they're just annoying. Yeah. Maybe they wouldn't have dressed that target. Maybe they wouldn't have gone that far. Maybe that's what it was. That scene always annoys me because I always feel like like the Luna, I think is her name. She has a dress or something that Bridget could have changed into, you know? Yeah. So she's not wearing the bunny yeah. costume the whole freaking day. And also I kinda like that she rocked it though, just yeah. for our sake. <laughs> yeah. I I but yeah, you're right. would have just right. left. I'm like, what the fuck? No. Okay, I'm gonna change your weirdos. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I think we missed the part though where like they do the whole weekend and he leaves he leaves yeah. her. So now Bridget's in a love bubble and she's getting to go on an away trip with her, her boyfriend to this party and they're going to stay at a hotel and they get a nice convertible to drive up. And of course, in Bridget fashion, she does not secure the scarf on her hair and ends up looking a hot fucking mess like the I picture like- behind Jackie. She didn't want to go back for that scarf. She couldn't. She, what? Yeah, she, she could have like, said, hey, I want that scarf. Maybe she wants yeah. the scarf. Maybe she Daniel didn't give a shit. He kept, he saw he didn't give a shit. and he kept going. Her hair was funny. <laughs> it was so funny. It was and so when funny. they get to the hotel, they, they find out that there is a wedding happening and that the only other, they're the only other couple besides another couple that are not part of the wedding and dun 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 it's mark darcy and that stick figure bitch Mm -hmm. with him i don't know what that girl's name is and i don't care no either i don't like her attitude they say it at the Mm -mm. i don't need to know (laughs) we're not meant to like her it's fine (laughs) (laughs) and this is where mark sees her and her hair and you could tell like he's kind of checking out the scenario and sees that her and Daniel have are still like together and they've escalated since they last ran into each other. And then you see Bridget has flat ironed her hair. I always noticed that like mm-hmm. she didn't just comb it. She had to flat iron that bitch because it was a mess. Okay. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> so they're like in two separate canoes for some reason i don't know why yeah i don't know why but it leads us to this really great scene where he falls in the water and he can get it in that wet t-shirt i'm not gonna lie which is an ode to the 1995 mr darcy in his wet shirt from pride and prejudice so it's huge on colin which i love yep yep that's really good but yeah they had to be in separate boats i guess guess to make that work but they were having a good time. They were laughing. And the other two were like, 
Yeah. So, so Natasha is literally like reading legal briefs while Colin Firth is like rowing her in the boat. Yeah. Boring couple of 2001, 100%. So boring. I could see why he was attracted to her though, for those reasons. Like, it feels like he would, he would like have a little bit of like, well, at least she's, she, you know, she can hold a con, a convo. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think he ever was dating her. He was, he really, I think, thought of her as his workmate. I think I, I got those vibes too. And like yeah. in the end, when, when there's the Christmas party at his parents' house and they kind of announce a, an engagement that hasn't happened yet. Like Natasha seems excited, but Mark is just kind of like, what the what? Mark never seems excited about anything though. <laughs> he doesn't. He's always just kind of like, Stone this doesn't read, it doesn't read well on a podcast making faces. You, you, you can imagine, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. People listening. The Colin Firth <laughs> face. If you're on Spotify, it supports video, so you can be watching. <laughs> which, is so, which is so cool. Um. Hello, I'm a sophisticate, and so can you. Is the name of our podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony. And I'm another of your hosts, Sydney. And we're two queer millennials with ADHD. Who have been lying about our own cultural literacy. If you've ever been in a situation where you pretended to know more than you do about an important movie or a piece of literature. Yeah, or like a super cool band. Then this is the show for you. This is a show where we engage with the canon so that you don't have to. Topics for discussion will include such things as... Is Carrie Brownstein the coolest person? Can anyone who likes the movie Chinatown be trusted? Why Tom Waits? Why? All of these questions and more will be answered on every episode of I'm a Sophisticate and So Can You. Available wherever you find your podcast. So he falls out of the boat. Yeah. Yeah, right. Falls out of the boat. Yeah, go. After that scene, they're in bed. They've been banging all day. With her bra on. Uh, I always With her bra on. And they're talking about doing something illegal in so many countries. I was like, guys, what are you doing? I would love to know what that move was. I mean, <laughs> I'm just bra, curious. It couldn't be that interesting. No. <laughs> yeah. It just was weird that they just, like, made a meal out of it. But anyway. And then Bridget does a very Bridget thing. And they've literally been dating, like, maybe a week and a half. <laughs> tops and she's like do you love me do you love me and that freaks daniel the fuck out yeah except he just goes stop it and flip over and you're like what (laughs) (laughs) if that's all you needed me to say he's like "Uh, that'll shut her up that's that'll shut that works for her i worked on her yep and then the next day so i'm assuming like it's just that's the end of the scene and we're the we're at the next morning and he's packing up and she's like the party's today where are you going and he's like oh the firm is in trouble we like it might be closing i have to get home to do some work to try and save it blah 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 and she's like well can't you at least come to the party for a little bit like she was ready to show him off and now he's leaving and so He's like, no, I really need to get back. And so she 
it's kind of sad, but then she dresses as a bunny and hops and to the cute. Yeah. <laughs> and hops she... to the Tarts and Vickers party, but there's been a change of plans and no one has related to her dad and one other dude dressed as the Pope or a bishop. <laughs> no, there was a, a lady as well who was hiding the bushes who dressed oh, as like a, Oh, that's a right. And she was yeah. like and then they thought that that one lady was, she was, that was, oh, a, that, that was, that was rough. Poor she was like, oh, she forgot. She's, she didn't get a call either. She's like, yes, I did. No, she's like, oh, her outfit was she hot. Had a, it was, she had just had a little cleavage. It looked great. Yeah. <laughs> but in, in this scene, we're starting to, we could get little like seeds that there are issues in, with her parents' marriage. Her like oh, mom yeah. has called and said all sorts of weird stuff and i think her mom is getting to a point where she just feels like she doesn't feel like a woman anymore with her and her dad isn't trying anymore and the dad is kind of depressed too because he like doesn't he feels like his wife just woke up one day and just wanted all these different things and you know they're just not on the same page and you know bridget i think tries to comfort her dad but she's in no boat to give advice about shit with the relationships whatsoever. So she leaves the party and she decides to go head over to Daniel's just to like check in on him. And, you know, he invites her up. He, he's not acting kind of normal, but as women, we all know we have gut instincts sometimes and she hears something fall. So she goes busting into his bedroom to see what it is. Because he's well, trying to... she sees a cardigan on his coat rack. He almost passed her out the door. Yeah, that's, that's a after. second time. Is that yeah. after? Yeah. Okay, sorry. So the first time she busted in, she goes, oh, God, I feel so stupid. I'm so yeah. sorry. And yeah. He's like, so, it's all right. And yeah, he, like, just calmed yes, her down. Yes, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when she's about to leave, she sees... Then she sees the cardigan, and she's like, I'm going to go back up there. Yeah. <laughs> And that's when you can tell he's kind of nervous because she busts like, into British the bathroom. Man. And here's this thing. And this bitch. Yeah. This bitch. <sighs> fucking so Laura. So fucking bad. She's like, I thought, like, once Bridget sees her, <laughs> she's devastated and she's about to walk away. And this fucking cunt, this cunt says, says, I thought ahead, you said she, I thought you said she was thin. Let me tell you, the way I would have flew over those tiles to the bathroom, it would have been on my I'll show you what Nick looks like, skinny bitch. (laughs) The way we we all talk about women's bodies is all moving. Yeah. And, like, how would that even fucking come up in conversation? It wouldn't, which is, it's total bullshit. He wouldn't have brought up the panties either. Nobody yeah. would have, he would have ripped up, just take them off and shut the fuck up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, the same thing. It's like, he, does, he was not saying that. Then Bridget's had enough. Like, she has her woman cry and woman roar, and she's like, I'm going to make some changes. I'm going to do stuff for me. I'm done with this shit. She decides that she she got different self-help books and i think all of us can relate like yeah to all these 
all those fucking self-help books that were so stupid that don't make any sense about like relationships and stuff. But she decides to stop smoking again and drinking less and exercising. And, you know, I think the job thing was, was a, a great thing, but just seeing her go on the interviews were hilarious. She goes and interviews at a kid show and she's like, she pretty much says the same spiel at every job interview. But when she gets to the kids show, they're like, oh, do you have kids? She's like, she starts laughing. She's like, fuck no. That's really <laughs> funny. That's really I'm funny. Laughing. But I do love that her last interview is pretty much just like, look, I, I don't fucking care. I just need a job. I, I try to fuck my, I fucked my last boss and it didn't work out. And I love how the like, guy's oh. like, you got it. Yeah. He was like kind of kind of here for it. It was almost like she was trading one shit boss for like just a slightly less shit boss. Yes, <laughs> but hey, <laughs> he actually ends up to be pretty. He loyal turns to out her. to be pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Um, just, I, the, at first, you're like, oh no, not a, not again, and <laughs> like fine. In the other movies, like they become pretty decent friends, and no, that's good. He's he's a pretty good guy. Uh, so she gets a new job, and she gonna be on television. Fuck books, letting they're letting this lady be on television. <laughs> so crazy. So but the lady with no filter <laughs> be a reporter on live TV. No, no experience. No experience. Nope. You only got a 10 second buffer. You're gonna use that in the first 10 seconds of her reporting, and then what's she gonna do? <laughs> Before she goes through that process of like being able to get the job, you do see her having to engage with Daniel and she's very sad. And this motherfucker pretty much tells her, Oh, by the way, I'm really, I really feel bad about everything I did, but also I'm getting engaged to that skinny bitch that called you big. Mm. Yeah. And she was like there, wasn't she? Like in the office somewhere. Yeah, yeah, watching and staring. And watching. that's, I think that's really what triggered Bridget to like really take control of her life. So now she's got a new job. Mama's got a brand new bag. And mm -hmm. she tells Daniel that she'd rather wipe Saddam Hussein's ass than work yeah. for him. Yeah. And everybody's clapping oh, for her. her. Even the Perpetua Karen. stood up for her. We yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, Perpetua was like, if she's getting out of line, don't worry, I'll take care of her. Bitch, you're not my boss. Oh, I misunderstood her line completely. Yeah, she, <laughs> she I thought does. she said something nice. No, I thought she, so too. I thought she was going to back her up like she was HR. Absolutely. Like, I wish, it, Absolutely I wish she said the wrong thing. Oh. No. Well, fuck but, that lady. <laughs> but when Bridget says, fuck you, pretty much, she does kind of make a smirk or whatever. Like, you know, she's proud of her. But yeah, she was definitely ready to, like, drag Bridget for the sake of the company. Yeah. And... <laughs> so Bridget is on to her next life pretty much. Um, and the next, the next thing she gets invited to a couple's party, which as a single which person is, so funny. is a fucking nightmare, which becomes yeah. your life. Unfortunately, once you get past like 33, 34, it is couple city and you want to fucking poke your goddamn yeah. eyes ears and everything else out with this bullshit and she gets all the questions that you get at family dinners and couple parties which is what's wrong with people who are in their 30s women and how's your love they, life yeah 
and you're not, women over yeah. you're not complete unless you're married you're not complete if you don't have kids and all sorts of weird shit and what i do love is that she kind of just is really sarcastic about it <laughs> everyone mm-hmm. just looks at her like she's crazy what does yeah. she say it like doesn't the quintessential help. yeah go ahead sorry go ahead. no it's, it's a quintessential scene of like an ADHD are being surrounded by neurotypicals. It's like the nightmare. It's like nobody understands you. Everyone talks the same in the couples. Like that was a kind of funny, actually, how they did that. It was a good scene. I, yeah. I think everybody could relate to that. Just feeling mm-hmm. odd man. Out of place. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody asked her like, what's going on with women or whatever. She's like, well, I guess it doesn't help that I have scales under my clothes or something. Yeah. And then when she's leaving, she, here comes Mark Darcy and she's like, look, I don't have time for this shit with you today. And he musters up that he likes her. And just as she is, and she's like, okay, the drinking, the smoking, the weird mother, just as I am. He's like, just as you are. And she's Mm -hmm. floored by that. I mean, I think she says it to herself quite a bit after that. A few days later, she's still, yeah. Yeah, she repeats it. Yeah. It completely throws her for a loop. And then she does her first job. No, that was, so this is the scene that my mom loved the most. And that was like when she talked about liking the movie, she talked about th- this scene because it was so funny to her. <laughs> they ask Bridget to like, they're like, okay, you're going to slide down the fire, the fire pole wi- wearing a helmet. She's wearing a skirt, of course. Yeah. And you're going to a fire helmet and you're going to give the interview after you slide down the pole. So she's ready at the top of the pole and they're like, go. And then, <laughs> And then she starts sliding down. They go, wait, stop. 30 more seconds. And she's in the middle. And then she's trying to climb back up. And then they're like, and go. And then she she slides down and kind of loses control. And then the camera just catches her ass coming out of her skirt right onto the camera. And it's so funny. It still plays. It's still so it funny. Does. Her butt just landing on the camera is so funny. And she's at home rewinding it and like watching <laughs> she it. She watches over it over and over. And over. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm so, I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, people probably were like, Oh, hell yeah. It's the hottest new segment. Yeah. <laughs> in, in pantyhose. Yeah, like no underwear, I guess. What a, that was a weird choice to not wear underwear that day. But okay. Yeah. It was very funny. That's a very funny scene. She then learns that there's this case happening uh, and they're putting her on. They're trying to get an interview. It's about a couple. One is when the guy's an activist and he's from another country and the woman is an English woman and she's trying to fight to keep him in the country. And it turns out that Mark is actually their lawyer. And Bridget, of course, in the midst of everything, she needs to go get a cigarette and misses the opportunity, so she thinks, to interview them after they come out of court and there was a ruling. So when she's talking to like her camera guy and she's just like freaking out, like, oh my she's God, like, what are we going to do? Yeah. yeah. And it just turns out that Mark is like, well, nobody got a scoop because I didn't let them, but I will give it to you because I like you just the way you are. <laughs> With the help of a powerful man, you too. Have <laughs> your job go your way. 
<laughs> what a great lesson, everybody. I, no, but she does crush the interview. And that does. was really nice to see because we're like, oh, she is capable of, and we knew she was the whole time. I just wish we saw it more. She's super capable of like, just like having a really cute, things. delightful energy on camera and yeah, making people laugh and talking about the important things at the same time. Yeah. It was nice. Oh, love, love, love Bridget. With Bridget, we can do all things. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's her birthday. Mm-hmm. And right. for some reason, she's cooking. Okay. She's cooking on her own birthday. I, I know. Bridget, <laughs> I was like, baby it? girl, you know you can't cook. Why? Just, I don't prove she could. I don't like Mark. Know. Mark can't either. Apparently, he was helping her. Yeah. Not, what was he planned. supposed to do? She ain't got nothing in the. She has nothing in no. her fridge. There no. is nothing he could have whipped up. I feel like Mark Darcy knows how to cook something, but she didn't have anything but eggs. So mm-hmm. he's like, "We're gonna." What made the rice. soup blue? Why was it? Why did the, the string? Soup so it was blue and white string uh, that she used, and so the dye from the string came and made it blue. I don't right. think that soup was safe. Just saying. No, I don't think so either. No. I would have been like, what's <laughs> up with this? Is this food poisoning? <laughs> so they're having cute moments. They actually recite a conversation between her mother and her mother's friend from that New Year's party that they had, which is oh, cute. Yeah. Yeah, and then her friends all come and they're like they're not really good at playing it off as if mm-hmm. they don't know who Mark Darcy is and they of course had to like make fun and give a toast to Bridget saying that they like her just as she is so obviously Mark knows that she spilled the beans yeah <laughs> yes he shows up <laughs> Wet t-shirt man shows up, not in a wet t-shirt, right? Is that, is that, is that, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love this. This is one of the better jokes in the whole movie was he's talking to her very seriously and then he goes, Christ, is that blue soup? And then goes back to talking <laughs> to her. And I think that's so funny that he just, he pulls off that line and he kind of was just so, he's just so good at that. So Hugh Grant. That's why he plays bumbling characters because he right? can go back and forth. Mm-hmm. I knew, I think he knew exactly what he was doing by showing up oh, on yeah. her birthday. Oh, yeah. And I 100% believe that that very assholey woman, but smart woman, realized that he wasn't shit and mm-hmm. left him. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. came, and when he says to Bridget that if I can't make it with you, I can't make it with anyone, like, that's an actually fuck? terrible thing to say to yeah. somebody. Yeah. I'll settle for you. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) So he comes, Jude actually answers the door because they don't know who it is. And his little weaselly self comes up there and says that he needs to talk to Bridget and they go outside to go talk. And Mark says, you know what? I'm going to leave. And so Daniel's like, good, fine, whatever. But then Mark turns around and says, fuck it. And starts popping off outside here we go let's go i should have done this shit a long time ago and this entire fucking fight scene is hilarious so good i this is the time i'm gonna read you this because 
I was obviously like I'm in a little bit of like a sassy place with this movie overall. So I'm like ready to like make fun of this scene. And this is what I wrote down. This is the progression <laughs> of what happened. I wrote fight, 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 fighting over a girl and nobody stopping them. But it's so funny, you say. Well, it's not not funny. Okay, the music is kind of funny. Stopping for the cake is hilarious, though. This is actually the best scene so far. I <laughs> <laughs> went from like, uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so I love that scene. Tom, like, pokes his head to a Greek <laughs> restaurant. It's like, it's so good out here. And all of the waiters go out and they're, they're like, just like, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Now, if it's this movie really, came out now, it'd be world star and everybody yeah, would it come would. out. And Bridget would be punched, thrown some punches. But yeah. like, they really, the, the stopping to sing happy birthday, the dog at the background. Stopping to sing happy birthday was hysterical. To me. And was they're that like, oh, oh. the Parthenon? Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was so good. It was so funny. It was that crazy. restaurant was fake. They made it for the movie, but people were of still trying to get reservations. Real well, people <laughs> don't get it. That's really funny. And that whole fight was essentially improvised by Colin Firth and Hugh Grant. Originally, the fight was supposed to be serious, but the guys thought it would be really fun if they made it like silly, like these two very wussy white guys would fight like yeah. yeah it was a good choice because making it silly took away from the fact that we're like yeah yeah we get it two men fighting over the girl like like who's gonna like we get it but it, it really filled the space and made it more interesting and yeah. gave them some more fun things to do as their characters i i look at that fight a little bit differently because i think it's not i mean it is about Bridget, but it's more about Mark finally, because yeah. he's so repressed, right? Like, he does... Yeah, it is about the past, too. It's, he's right. built up a lot of tolerances with this guy. And Mark does sure. everything that he's supposed to do. You can tell, like, his mm -hmm. whole life he has. And Bridget is probably so outside of what he would supposed to to be with who but he mm -hmm. finds her very interesting refreshing and if you notice he didn't even fight this man when he slept with his wife yeah yeah but, i know but the fact that he's coming back and he bridget is his happiness and he's just like it's the one time that he has pushed like that he's like no that is why I'm like, it is cliche. No, I totally agree. No, I totally agree. I think I just was, I would be more likely to look at it in a two-dimensional way had there, had they not given it depth with some of the funny yeah. to play off of. Then I was more inclined to like it and like it, it, it gave it, it gave it depth. I don't know. And I, yeah, I was less likely to sort of like be critical of what was happening. Yeah. And it allowed for you to like get the fuller picture better, I think. I think I'm with, I'm with you. this movie truly, like, the third movie, I love it, but and just having Hugh Grant and both the, like, they're the dynamic of the three really just always makes these movies a lot more fun. Just the actors themselves forget the characters, just their chemistry makes it great. I like the third movie because it was able to kind of end things, but 
Hugh Grant wasn't in it, so it just didn't have, like, it was missing just a smidge of the same mm-hmm. sprinkle that he adds to, to this movie. Like, and the other thing is, like, he's such an asshole. He's such a dick. You don't want Bridget with him, but you fucking still love him. You, you still do. love him in this in these yeah. scenes. Like, he is so charismatic, it's annoying. <laughs> It is. It, it really is. When there, I was. I, There's so many times I'd be like, oh, he's such. He's so gross. Oh, but that. Oh, but they're lat. Like he's. He actually said something kind of funny. You're like, oh, okay, okay. Like, and it was like I got. He got back on my. He was going back and forth over this line so many times. Yeah, he did that well. The one thing that does piss me off is that Mark. But I know why bridget does it but like i always get so mad because mark finally lands a really solid punch on daniel yeah and bridget's like stop it you're being so it looks like she's you know protecting daniel and choosing him and then mark is like fuck this shit i don't need it and he leaves yeah but this is because bridget still doesn't know that it was actually daniel that slept with mark's wife so yeah they had to do it that way otherwise it would be confused yeah they had to like play it for the comeback (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure at the end of this scene daniel says we belong together jones he wakes up from being yeah he's like you're stuck with me kid yeah and she's eventually like yeah that's not a good enough offer you're right i need to look for someone who's going to be it for me and obviously you are not yeah this is interesting because i a long time one of my relationships a long time ago was super young we were together for a little bit it was very tumultuous it was very up and down we broke up once got back together and i remember towards the very end of it he said something along the lines of like i just i'm stuck with you i just know it and i was like I had and that's why we're going to change that. <laughs> that I had a man happen. that we broke up because he was cheating a lot. I found mm-hmm. out and he said, I should have gotten you pregnant when I had the chance. <gasps> How dare. Whoa. Mm-hmm. As if, okay. Talk As if he didn't do anything. Trapping a bitch. Oh, the oh, he let you get away. Oh no! Like, <laughs> like you what? messed up. What are you? Oh, that's so. Yeah, this guy was a similar vibe. Ugh. I'm glad yeah, that Bridget good. chose herself. It, it, this yes, really wasn't to. a choice between Daniel and Mark. It was a choice of like herself. I do. Like yeah, that. that's a good point. I didn't think about that. That's exactly what it was. I'm yeah. telling y'all, it's a beautiful yeah. movie. It is, like, there's a lot of beauty in it, for sure. For sure. Now we're back at Bridget's parents' house. Okay, sorry. There's a whole side okay. story that yeah. I didn't really get into, but Mama had some, she needed some loving. So she leaves with Mr. QVC Shopping Man, who has a really bad fake tan and is a prima donna, and he ended up being her lover, but he was rude, and she realized the grass wasn't greener on the other side. You know, the dad was quite depressed, and Bridget gave him horrible advice, like flirting at the priest and vicar's party, which did not go over so Mm -hmm. well, and he was very depressed. Finally, the mom decided to come back home, and they were able to kind of mend fences and everything was good thank god because bridget needs a stable home she does 
And her parents are both from Harry Potter as well. Yes, they are. Professor Slughorn and her mom yeah. is Madame Pomfrey, the nurse. She's and fucking so royalty, cool. Bridget. Is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like every time he talks, I can only hear him as Slughorn. Slughorn. Is that yeah, that's, I, I had a trouble not picturing him in that movie too. I was like, oh. He's yeah. just going to turn himself into a chair. <laughs> I think like the the parents sort of healed the relationship a little too quickly for my yeah. taste, but like and especially like he was like I don't know, and he's like I'm joking, and I'm like whoa, we're so lighthearted about all this. Okay. What like, but look, like we got to tie it up in a bow at some point for this movie, and that's how it was. That's how they were writing it then, and it's fine. Also, bitches are old. I'm tired. I'm not going back out. And that's also me. true. No, that's also true. He went to that <laughs> one party. He was like, I'm done. You coming back, bitch? You done? You done? You had fun? Great. I like how she's like, close up, he was purple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> so now she's back at her parents' house and she finds out that it's so it's the Darcy's and they're having like they're getting mm. a renewal of their vow their vows. I was gonna say vows, but vows. <laughs> and so her mom lets it slip that Mark's wife actually cheated with the best friend and blah, blah, blah. So she finally finds out the truth and she's like, yo, we got to get to the Darcy's immediately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got to go find my man and let him know. And this was cute. They were like driving and she's like, you're not driving fast enough. And she switched <laughs> so she could drive. And they get to the house. It's a huge party and she can't quite she's trying to talk to Mark alone. And she, then she finds out Mark and that stick figure bitch are going to America. They're going to be working in America. And so she's, she tries to like, let him know that she's not with Daniel and that mm -hmm. she's available for him to do a popover or whatever. Like she loves you, loves him, but she doesn't mm -hmm. say it. You know, Mark has the same stone cold face on as usual no emotion doesn't show her anything and then of course bridget has to make a fucking awkward ass speech at the damn wedding again embarrassing herself in front of potential in-laws yep. well she just yells no <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone looks at her and she's like, like i mean no because i don't want you to leave it it will be sad for england <laughs> for all of england it will be to lose the some good people <laughs> lawyers and also i'm gonna go now <laughs> and go hang out with an, a different party so bridget then goes home like after the party and everything she's discouraged and you know she's gonna start probably singing again her friends come her friends take her on a mission i don't remember yes. what it was yeah they were gonna to take go her to on Paris holiday weekend yeah right that's it i think yeah. i just wrote down what is this friend mission <laughs> so they were preventing <laughs> her from like being sad um, and alone and so she's yeah. packed and she's ready to go and that's when mark comes up to the house and her friends yeah. are like honking on her and teasing or whatever and so they get the drift she's not coming with and mark said that he forgot to kiss her goodbye and mm -hmm. that's why he's back 
Uh, and they don't get to kiss because their friends interrupt prior, but then they decide to go upstairs. And she knows she about to fuck the fuck out of this man. So she needs to go and take a shower and get ready. And put her good panties on. Yes, she is, panties. she is not going to be caught out in these streets with granny panties with Mr. Mark Darcy. So she goes to go get change, but then realizes that she left her diary open and then hears the door close. So in Bridget fashion, she forgets that she has no pants on and decides to go run and say, like, try to stop Mark because she thinks that he is red all the descriptions of him in her diary yeah. and she has no panties on and she catches him and he's like, no, she has like, panties on. Just no I panties. mean, sorry, no pants. <laughs> no pantalones. But I love this because she comes back in like, Oh, it's cold. And you're like, she realizes she doesn't have clothes on. She's going to get yeah. clothes on. No, she just puts on shoes and a cardigan <laughs> and not the full thing. Cause she's in too much of a hurry. And it, I thought that was really adorable. <laughs> and she catches up with Mark and she's profusely apologizing to him and just saying, it's just a diary. Like, I, I don't, I didn't mean half of that stuff. And he, and, and again, typical Mark Darcy fashion. He's like, yeah, I know. I saw you were almost done and I got your new one. I love him so Why didn't you just tell me before I ran out in the cold? <laughs> with my panties. It, it, to get, to get frozen to death. Well, he didn't. But know then she it wouldn't be so he he didn't know she was gonna do that. He wasn't thinking about but that. I That's very fair. That but it was so cute. Takes his jacket and covers her and they make out. Yeah. And then she says, Wait a minute, nice guys don't kiss like this. And he's like, Yeah, the fuck they do. And they fucking like, do. Yes. I love Yeah, that. he got me there. <sighs> and oh yes fake snow romance in the future <laughs> um, the last thing i wrote was this does not pass the Bechdel test goodbye no, no it does not no, which is but really is, sad it still has a lot of cuteness yeah it's really sad the Bechdel test doesn't. wasn't there around yet <laughs> but it should have okay, because it's a female director of, yep. you know, there, there were, there were two male writers and a, a female writer. I don't know how much she was able to kind of pull Richard Curtis, who I believe is behind love actually and yeah. all the other movies that he's all made. Those. But yeah, it should have been able to pass, which imagine if it had been a male director, how, Ugh. how it would have been i think like Yikes. you think about like then i'm trying to give people credit you know because it's like then that's what we we are coming off of like this was like not it was even more rare to have a female director then so it's like you know they were just doing the things that they best knew how to do under you know the executives of like this is how things have to be done to make money yeah. and all of these other obstacles and you know so there were some moments that definitely definitely were worked because when you said as a female director i didn't know that until you said it and i was i was thinking about it and i was like it doesn't it, it that does i do like that does like check out mm -hmm. i like there were some there are some things in this that i was like yeah this is it's a 90s but yeah i could see how it was a female director for sure well the bridget jones's entire franchise it became the first movie trilogy directed exclusively by female directors, as well as the only romantic comedy trilogy of the new millennium. So, mm -hmm. wow. yeah. Yeah. 
I guess when we do the second one, we'll see if it gets better. <laughs> that was the other thing I wrote after this was they made multiple of these movies. They sure did. <laughs> they sure you know, did. You know what? It did well. It did really well. Because the bitches like me eating that shit. Yeah. Eating I get it. Up. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Especially if you read the books, like. Yeah. That creates even yeah. more of an attachment to this character. And that's Bridget Jones's diary, guys. Yeah. Renee Zellweger in <laughs> Chicago. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, what other fun facts did we miss? There's like a ton. Let's talk about all the actresses that were considered for Bridget. There were so many. Yeah. Holy shit. Everybody. Helena Bonham Carter, Kate Blanchett, Emily Watson, Rachel Weiss, who they said was considered too beautiful for the role, Cameron Diaz, Tony Collette. I totally, out of all these names, I really could Collette. Tony Collette. Yeah, I agree. Justice, but she declined because she was on she was Broadway. The Wild Party, which was yeah. such a good musical. Kate Winslet, I could also see in this role, but, and I could also see them wanting to do it, but I'm very thankful they didn't because they, yeah, already, she, was too young. she was too young, but they already were giving that poor woman so many body image issues yeah, that I, yeah, I feel like they would have made, it would have been worse. Yeah. 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 100%. Now the whole, the reason the book started was from a, a column in the newspaper and she kind of like compiled the, the stories from that to make the book but in her mind this was always going to be an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice and in her mind the, the role of Mark Darcy was always Colin Firth even when she joked mm -hmm. about it so the fact that she actually got him to do they they got him to do it was amazing because she literally wrote it for him <laughs> I wonder how much they paid him Good question. I don't know. Yeah. Probably like double what they paid, aren't they? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he's, I'm so glad they did because he was great. You know? Yeah. He was really great. Perfect. I, love, I, I know we touched on it earlier, but I love the fact that when Renee Zellweger, not only did she go and work at a, a PR firm or wherever, she had her alter ego Bridget Cavendish and she answered phones, served coffee, made photocopies without being recognized, like we said, but she also kept a photo of Jim Carrey, her then boyfriend on her desk. Like there was no one in that office. Like, is that, is that Renee Zellweger? Like it's, that looks a little yeah. like Renee Zellweger and she's currently dating Jim Carrey. Right. Like, no one reads like Us Weekly. And at this point she had already been in Empire Records, Jerry Maguire, like she was well known. It just didn't make yeah. any sense. But it could have yeah, even in England, I think she should have been more well, well known at that point for it to just go by. Maybe I mean it's hard to believe. Like imagine you go to work and there's just like an actress, you know, there. I would have been like, maybe it's not. I don't know. Yeah. You talked about the fight scene improvised. I wonder how long it took them to truly improvise a fight scene. You have to know fight scenes. And I imagine right. they yeah. both do enough. But it's interesting to me. And I wonder how long it took to actually get through all the fight. 
the if it was fully improvised you know it's, it's interesting to me i wonder I i'm wonder sure they might have you know worked on like choreography. they worked and... on like they probably were like here are the time here are like the shot here are the angles we need what's happening here and what's happening here they just yeah. figured it out which says a lot about them as actors if they're able to do that well and, and efficiently and quickly but i can't imagine it it probably took some time for them yeah. to get through that and without the coordinators it takes longer everything takes longer i'm sure they had coordinators because they also the scene yeah, where they, they probably go through the, the, window, the window that was stunt a stunt doubles oh yeah they have stunt people for yeah. sure and they have like probably Probably a coordinator but like to not have it like practice rehearsed and choreographed like yeah. They, they, yeah that's interesting that's interesting to me that's i'm just impressed and really. then they did it again in the second movie i'm not sure if that one was as improvised but they do fight again <laughs> in a fountain and then in a second Wait, what's this thing about chardonnay yeah it's oh. so weird so Bridget john's characters was accused for the decline in sale of chardonnay why would she be accused of the decline of it? They wouldn't want to be like her. So they believe that Chardonnay used to be considered like a like classy a white wine, fun, high level, and I think they just think it was cheapened or something. That's so interesting. And I'm sure there's a real reason behind it, and they just wanted to like mm. make news or stupid. I don't know. Well, I remember how like what was that wine movie with what's his butt where like oh, Pinot Noir got really sideways, like changed the sale of like things. My lighting is crazy. <laughs> uh, I like I remember hearing that like oh like everyone's drinking this now because of sideways. So like it can be influential. It's just sucks yeah. that it was influential like against her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know <laughs> the snowy scenes. For them during the end of this movie, were filmed during the summertime, so those were all fake oh, yeah, snowflakes. Yeah. Also, yeah. for the parents' house and the snowy scenes at the beginning and the end of the film were inspired by *It's a Wonderful Life*. And the Darcy estate is filmed at Rotham Park in Hertfordshire, where Gosford Park in Kingsman, the Secret Service, were also shot. I don't know if I said so that American. right. I know. So Hertfordshire. <laughs> <laughs> also, working turtle title films were very smart they acquired the film rights of the novel in 97 before it became a bestseller but they they as soon as they saw that the column itself was being turned into a movie because that was popular that's what made them jump and mm, yeah. um, mm -hmm. not because they were super smart and not smart but super psychic and knowing that it was going to be a hit did we talk about the end scene? No. Uh, the credits? You take take the lead. Uh, oh, gosh, it's so troubling. <laughs> so it, it shows what is a home movie of the incident that they talk about the whole movie, which is her naked in his paddling pool. And apparently right. it's someone's birthday, his birthday. It's at his house. Yeah. Messing. He's like in a suit and bow tie and he's delicately like eating chocolate cake. She has like a whole quarter of the cake. She's just shoving in her mouth. Like she is a little tiny hot mess. And then <laughs> she has like, I don't know, party blowers, straws. She has something and she's just like waving them around all crazy. He's literally like 
just all prim and proper off to the side. And then they show her like pulling off her dress, getting into the pool, and he's just kind of like side-eyeing her. And I just, I hate that they made that little girl eat that cake to show that she was an overeater at a young yeah. age. Yeah. It's like it's so I don't like it. I hate I don't this like end it. scene altogether. It never made me happy ever. I was like, I want to see <laughs> I want to see them together. You know, because at yeah, the time that's what we want to see. At the time I didn't know they were gonna make a sequel, right? So like for me, I just I we didn't really, if you think about it, we saw more of Darcy and Bridget. I mean, we saw more of Bridget and Daniel together as a couple, but not I never really got to yeah. see Mark and Bridget as a couple. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I wanted to see. And instead yeah. I see this child pornography at the end. I'm not happy. I'm not happy, but they calmed me down. They said, you know what, Danielle in the United States is very upset. We have to make this a trilogy to calm her down. Uh, yeah. And it worked. It did. <laughs> it worked. Calm you down. Uh, but this movie does oh, have man. different end credits in different countries. In Europe, Australia, and Latin America, the credits show a montage of stills plus interviews about Bridget and Darcy with Daniel Cleaver, Mark Darcy's oh. parents, and Bridget's boss. In the U.S., they show a young Bridget and Mark running around the backyard in the paddling pool in a home video. Why the fuck? Who made this? Why? Release That's the tape. Horrific. And like the way he said, they say at some point he says something like, "They they sexualize themselves as children in the in the in a scene at her birthday, or like when they're cooking." Doesn't he? He says well, something like. She, she was like a little perverted. He's like, oh god, I sure hope so. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> it's, Why? It's not. That's not good. cute. It's not cute. You were children anyway. And that was, was that. That was really awful. Yeah, and she was four, and he was eight. Like, yeah, it wasn't even like, oh, like little adolescent crush. Like she was still. No, it was like really messed up that they yeah. kept talking about that so much. I'm like. Who, the writer, we need to keep an eye on them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe not that far. But it's just like, they thought that was a funny joke. And it's not a funny joke. No. All right. Well, hey. before we get to the ratings, Gwen, again, yeah. if you guys, one, haven't gone and listened to the trailer, you need to make sure you go and check that out. Catch up with Gwen. See what she's been up to. Yeah, it's like probably right before this on her <laughs> platform that you're listening on. Just like, it's not that hard. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people are like, oh, we hate this bitch. Never. <laughs> you're going to hate, you're going to hate me Gwen. even, you're going you're gonna to hate me even more in a minute. <laughs> Wait, so why don't you tell them how they can find um, you on uh, You can go to Instagram. You can find me as Gwendolyn Instagram. <laughs> Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Instagram. On TikTok, I am Gwen Carroll with an E at the end. That's about it. That's about it. <laughs> And uh, you guys can check us out at No More Late Fees on Instagram, Facebook, Tits Pervert, Twitter, and YouTube. <laughs> yeah, you said it. it. <laughs> I was like, I want to type something. <laughs> Excellent job. Hey, thanks. Thanks so much. Um, <laughs> Thanks for oh. making my night. <laughs> well, go ahead and kill my dreams, Gwen. Tell me what the rating is. So look, like, 
it i have a hard time rating anything <laughs> trash and calling any movie trash and 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 even if it's like actual trash it's oh it like really bad movies are like to me amazing in so many ways i have too much respect for filmmaking i have too much respect for and, and this isn't trash this isn't trash because there were some really there were some really funny things there were some really good acting there's some the cast was great there were some real there were some good things happening and it's an iconic film so i'm gonna rate it i'm just i'm gonna give it a little bit of credit aside from its problematic problematicness and give it a two what are the two is it a two-day rental is that the second yeah. to lowest so i'm gonna give it a two-day rental i don't if this movie were made now i would be like this is so bad yeah but it wasn't it was made in the, like i understand its history and i understand how important it was at the time and i and i see how far we've come it's a good place it's a good thing to reflect from off of off of from you get it <laughs> <Tits over. laughs> so two-day rental all to say <laughs> yeah not my favorite but it's fine well i know that you know i think with more reflection and just knowing that there's some problematic stuff I, I i i get it i acknowledge it and it made me you know doing the episode made me really have like a hard look at at the movie so for me the rating is would buy would buy it again no problems this movie is perfect <laughs> you fucking love, love this movie to, you're allowed to love a movie you're allowed to yes. love it this is not the worst movie to love i just for me i was too annoyed with things i know to I, see straight but like you know i get it and we love you definitely one of those like i the i imprinted on the movie so it's like yeah. i can't even yeah, it yeah. was. It, it's like such a part of your life. It was like it was like a part of your journey as a human. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, I get but, it. Yeah. But I am aware of the problematic nature. There are stuff yeah. now that I find to be triggering. I get it. I get it. Yeah, for sure. Jackie, Jackie, uh, it's it's the same same Y2K Jackie and current day Jackie are on the same wavelength. I'm giving it a two day rental along with Gwen. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. That's cool. Cool, cool. 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 The cool, hair, cool. though. The hair, though. The hair, though. They really took spent some time teasing that hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have opinions on Bridget Jones's diary, hit us up at our quick drop nine zero nine six zero one and MLF nine zero nine six zero one six six five three. Twat us at the Twitters or leave a voicemail on our Anchor FM account, and you can be featured on a future episode. And join us next week as we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Deliver Us from Eva. Very excited about that one. And mm -hmm. as always, be kind and rewind. Yay! Yay!